0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me as always, the best tag team partner a boy could ask for, a man who would never betray me, even in a festival of friendship setting, Derek Halpin. Derek, say hi to the beautiful people
1: hi beautiful people let's rock this shit we're doing things a little bit differently today everyone instead of reviewing a show that we've been to in the past we're going to be talking about a broad wrestling subject and by broad i mean joey ryan and by joey ryan i mean joey ryan and joey ryan's dick
0: oh my god i can't wait all right what a
1: topic let's do this man
0: as usual card is subject to change hit our ding dang music i want to ask you a question i know in in the intro just there i uh i said that you would never betray me even in a festival of friendship setting is that true no i was gonna say like we've known each other long enough that you've had to have fucked me over at some point or vice versa
1: uh yeah i mean this is a show and there's uh people to entertain um when you're friends for 30 years, you fuck each other over a few times and you move on from it. And uh, a year later, you're able to be friends again. I mean, that's, that's that, how it works in wrestling anyway.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, and I'm sure there's been a couple times that I've wronged you, like drug you to see Catwoman on opening night. You know, things of those, that nature.
1: How did you wrong me in doing that?
0: Eh, you're, That was actually one of the best nights of my whole life. <laughs> I mean, well, honestly, man, the Catwoman movie still gets brought up to this day.
1: I think I think it would be fair to say that in any friendship of any length like this, everyone does a heel turn and a face turn throughout the relationship multiple times. So you can expect uh, you can expect me to turn my back on you at some point, but uh, not tonight, man. We got we got stuff to do. We got to work together. We got to be a team. We got a we got a topic to discuss. Are You ready for this shit? Yeah. What are we doing? Let's go let's go for it. Tonight we will be talking about the controversial subject of Joey Ryan's dick and how he uses it in matches. (laughs) We're
0: (laughs) grown-ups.
1: Yeah, we're grown-ups
0: doing this. uh, Grown-ups talking about Joey Ryan's penis. And it's not
1: at all inappropriate.
0: If you don't know who Joey Ryan is, uh, I assume that anyone listening to this probably would because you care about wrestling enough to listen to people talk about it. But if you don't, Joey Ryan is the king of dong style. And by dong we mean dick. Yes, no confusion there, Uh, Derek. Like, how would you describe the u porn plex? erotic. It is erotic. It's Joey's finisher. (laughs) Uh, People, uh, an opponent will grab Joey's penis and he'll Hulk out of it and then flip them, which I do think is a fantastic finisher.
1: Um, it's 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 a it's a very well known finisher these days. Uh, Joey Ryan. Um, Primarily doing, uh, making his living on the indie scene these days, and yet this is a guy who's known for his finisher uh, and how it involves his dick, and there's a lot of controversy around it. I know people like uh, Jim Cornette have expressed some displeasure with how he uses his dick as part of his routine and (laughs) think that it is. (laughs) I I don't know, I don't know how to feel about the fact that I articulated that pretty well. Well, do you think that uh, Val
0: Venus would have used his dick if he had thought of it first?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I think the whole re- the whole reason we we talked about doing this is because there's a there's a lot that can branch off of the subject and I think where we'll start is just it do you think that using your dick <laughs> for a pro wrestling match do you think there's something about that that is out of control or a little too unrealistic or do you think that it it brings shame on the business as many people claim that it does? No, not at all. I mean, I have, I have witnessed
0: the dick flip live several times and I will tell you every time that I've seen it happen, there is a room of smiling people. I think there's a room for a lot of different kinds of wrestling, uh, comedy wrestling being one of those things. Uh, Do I think that, I mean, I was going to say like, do I think I would ever see like Joey Ryan versus like a Brock Lesnar? There's nothing funnier in my head than picturing Joey flipping Brock with his dick. So, yes, I can picture that. <laughs> is, that is that a wet dream match? Oh, my God. If he hasn't no.
1: coined that term yet as part of his thing. <laughs> he really <laughs> i just if he hasn't used it i just i i just gave him a really great thing to use in marketing well okay now god damn it now now i'm just stuck on wet dream
0: match it was like what are like your top five <laughs> joey ryan wet dream matches
1: uh playgirl Shawn michaels against joey ryan oh boy that was yeah that- <laughs> obviously, Val Ve- obviously, Val Venus versus, versus Joey Ryan is, is one, right?
0: I have to assume that that could still happen.
1: I, uh, is Val Venus still wrestling somewhere? I have a feeling
0: that if Joey Ryan called him and was like, hey, you want to make a whole bunch of money this weekend? <laughs> He'd be like, fuck yeah. Then Val Venus is like, wait, so all I have to do is do one roll? Well, and grab well- your dick? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Well, if I'm if if I recall correctly, there was an angle during the Attitude Era with Val Venus where he got his 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 dick choppy choppy off with a sword. He got his dick chopped off? Yeah, on 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 uh, WWF television.
0: Do you do you remember who did it?
1: Uh I I just remember there was a like a like some controversy. They had him tied up um from the <laughs> ceiling or something and then there was like a room full of i can't remember i think they were asian and one of them had a samurai sword and they used it to hack off uh val Venus's dick
0: so where did that storyline go did it god damn You're, i do not remember this
1: this is i know that this is a thing that happened but honestly i don't remember the circumstances building up to this angle but now that we're sitting here talking about circumstances where dicks get involved in wrestling angles this was actually the second one that came to mind other than joey ryan well
0: i feel like dx talked about their penises a lot but other than just oh like yeah dicks i mean <laughs> if jim Cornette does not like the dick flip how did he feel about like may young giving birth to a hand i'm sure he fucking
1: hated every second of it i i that guy just isn't happy with much but i do think well, there are here's all, here's here's the thing in defense of Jim Cornette and not in defense of his position, but in defense of him, I think he's been pretty consistent on the shit that he doesn't like and the shit that he like what he wants. And I think Jim Cornette, um, as a popular wrestling personality is just kind of stuck in wrestling from like 30, 40 years ago. And he hasn't really embraced what wrestling has become, especially he, I mean, I think fucking the, the peak of the attitude Era and, and the growth of sports entertainment about drove him fucking insane or it did. And yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who have a hard time. You see, I guess I'll say this when we're talking about realism and wrestling, which is this, is this is kind of what the topic comes back to with, with the, uh, with the dick flip with Joey Ryan. I think there's, as long as whatever you're doing in wrestling works, it's hard to question it. If it's getting a response, if the response is positive, if people are coming out to see it, uh then then it's working. Now I I know I've seen in interviews when they've asked Joey Ryan uh why like it's okay, he's always said, well, things like like an Irish whip is more unrealistic or just as unrealistic as me using my dick. And I think there's a lot to be said that's that's true about that. What I will say though is that not every cartoonish, outlandish idea is acceptable. I know that there was one time there was a, an idea being proposed in WCW by one Disco Inferno, when he was a uh, part of the creative team there for the Invisible Man, and God. WCW was yeah WCW was planning on having, a camera follow nobody to the ring, a graphic come up that said the Invisible Man. And then a guy would get in the ring and would start bumping on his own, pretending that somebody was throwing him around. You would
0: be happy to know that that has happened on the Indies since.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, but let me say, so since I proposed that scenario to you, do you, would you call that a good creative decision?
0: I think if the people are having a good time, it's fine. Like, this is, it's wrestling. <laughs> like... Well, right. Where, you know, it... I think getting mad about this is dumb because there's so many other things to be to be mad about other than pro wrestling but I think as long as everybody's having a good time it's not hurting anyone it's a oh. it's a dick flip and do I well, think sure. it's a good creative decision like if I'm trying to get a really realistic match like if I saw Roman Reigns dick flip Brock Lesnar at the upcoming WrestleMania once again, I would think that was awesome.
1: <laughs> like I, I try. <laughs> I think we're finding out more about you than we are about like the culture around dick flipping and wrestling.
0: I think like the. I keep trying to plug it into somebody that it's not funny on, <laughs> and it's just it is funny to everybody. Like if you're just if you're looking at it and you're like, if Braun Strowman walked out there and was fighting Kane and Kane if grabbed Braun Strowman Braun Strowman's flipped dick, over
1: a semi truck <laughs> with, with his dick. dick. <laughs>
0: There's Joey Ryan's next spot. He needs to upstage did, Braun Strowman did, by flipping the semi with his dick.
1: Did you did you mean to use the uh, euphemism of uh, "plug it in" on somebody, <laughs> or was what? that just an accident? <laughs> that was an accident.
0: I feel like at a, a certain point you also said that this was the hard thing.
1: <laughs> I, I probably did. I mean, you know, we're we're talking about penises here. Lots of dick jokes when we're talking about Joey Ryan. You know, I'm with you. Like, I I don't, like you said, I don't think it's hurting anybody. It's getting a positive response. And I think, I don't know. I mean, he's getting booked. Like, the guy has
0: show. if you follow the guy on Instagram, he is constantly on airplanes getting to the next town. And and he's constantly saying how much money he's making from this. And I tend to believe him. I mean, there are only, what, like, six indie wrestlers that now have shirts and Hot Topic, and he's one of them?
1: Sure. That's, I mean, that seems huge. like he's making, yeah, he's making a good living with, with his, with his gimmick. And so, I mean, again, like you said, it's not really hurting anybody. I, I think this is more of a philosophical debate on what you want when you watch wrestling, <laughs> which brings, which is, you know, um, I don't know. Some people, some people like it to be straight serious. You see, I, I think the cat's out of the bag. With pro wrestling. And it has been for a long time since everybody knows what do you mean? that it's a work. It's every, you mean like, that
0: it's predetermined?
1: Oh, shit. Oh, you motherfucker. That's the name of our show. You plugged it. Good. Yeah, thanks. Again. Um, I don't really understand how somebody at this point can, knowing that it's predetermined, knowing that it's, you know, it is what it is, and to pick one aspect of it and go, well, oh, no, that makes it look so, you know... That makes it look like it's a joke.
0: Well, do you think another big part of uh, the controversy of Joey Ryan is him promoting inter intergender wrestling? Because uh, a lot of his matches are against females.
1: You know, uh, this is something that I, like, I'm actually surprised the WWE is a little bit late on. Because they, they, they kind of experimented with this a little bit during the Attitude Era. Um, with when they china, have china. china and
0: who uh mark miro who'd he fight uh sable he fought sable yeah she beat the shit out of him
1: yeah and i think actually i think one of the things that's kind of lacking with wwe right now specifically a lot of people complain about stephanie mcmahon is that she's a heel character a lot of times on tv and does a lot of dickish things and kind of Oh, emasculates. Oh, no, like uh, somebody will come
0: out there and she'll chop his balls off. (laughs) Right. Then there's no retaliation.
1: Right. And that's a little bit of a problem because I I don't think you're going to hear me advocate for a guy coming up with a a haymaker and slugging out Stephanie McMahon. But I also don't think there's an issue if she's being a bitch, if Lesnar grabs her and gives (laughs) her an F5. (laughs) Like, I don't. To me, like it just—it's the nature—the nature of the the simulation that they're doing is that it's a wrestling ring, and the, there's wrestling involved. And if you're being an asshole, you get slammed. See, this and... is a weird
0: topic because <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling, it's fine, but it right? also sounds like you're like, well, if she's asking for it, it's okay to pop her one. <laughs> it's not. It is right, not.
1: But, no, but here's the thing: I'm the, not saying. Like, In the world of professional wrestling, sometimes things can be forgiven, and in the world of professional wrestling, things are solved by fighting. That's the very nature of the business. Which is also really weird as to why they have the anti-bully campaign. Yeah, I always thought that was very hypocritical. (laughs) Like, it was not a good sell for me to
0: watch that and then see like the Miz come out and tell me like, "Hey, it's not nice to say mean things to people," and then just you know. Make fun of a crowd, or you know, are they going to have Elias do that? Because he's never said a nice thing to a city.
1: I don't know, man. The be a star campaign's always. I mean, I get where the thought process is coming from. Great campaign, great campaign idea. Great cause. I don't know if the messenger is exactly the right messenger. But no, I, I, I honestly to think I don't. If we're if we're doing things equally, if we're if we're concerned about equality. I think that I'm pro intergender wrestling. I think there should be a little bit more of it. And I don't, I mean, I think it still kind of works as a novelty. I wouldn't want to see every match on the card be like that. The but thing is, I there's think... ways
0: to do an intergender match and not have it be brutal. Um, I think a place that it would fit well, at least in WWE, would be somewhere like the Cruiserweights.
1: Yeah, You know, absolutely. have it be like
0: a very athletic, acrobatic match, not a bunch of closed fist, Punches to the face,
1: right? Uh, unless there's unless there's a female superstar who has the physical build to kind of warrant that match.
0: Yeah, because so. um, I mean, I've definitely I've seen a lot of intergender wrestling that I really like. I mean, uh, let's see, Lucha Underground does it. They had I don't think she's there anymore because she's she's pretty mean and breaks everyone's arms. But a sexy star.
1: I know freelance wrestling here in Chicago. I know they do it.
0: Okay, and then yeah, like uh, you know, obviously my favorite wrestler, Candice LeRae beautiful lady lover perfect can't wait to see wife, her on the ww wife screen. of
1: wife of one johnny gargano
0: which a little later we'll have to discuss uh nxt takeover because that oh, match yes was stellar but yes uh no there are matches like i remember watching this one it was a, a tag match and i want to say it was two ladies against two guys and the only two people i remember being in it were sammy callahan who is, you know, kind of blowing up and he's really big on the Indies right now. Uh, he was yeah. in NXT for a minute as Solomon Crow just didn't work out he, it worked out better for him on the Indies, but he was fighting Heidi Loveless, now known as Ruby Riot. And I just remember, he is a very aggressive wrestler, like that's kind of his deal is he's mad and he's mean, he's spitting on you, and he'll boot your goddamn head off. And it does make me slightly uncomfortable to watch a match that is mostly Sammy Callahan beating the shit out of a woman until she gets the comeback.
1: So I, I don't know, like that being said, like it's a good
0: match. She obviously could take it. She's a good wrestler. Like it's, you know, when I watched the movie atomic blonde, I'm not thinking those men shouldn't be hitting her. Like she shouldn't be in a fight with them. Uh, I will say as long as long
1: as I've known you, as long as I've known you, you've always been a guy who's liked movies and, and forms of entertainment that at the very least, one of the things they try to do is make you feel a little uncomfortable. And so my question is, is one of the is one of the attractions of intergender wrestling that it does make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? Or do you think that the ultimate goal is to normalize it and so that you don't feel as uncomfortable when you're watching a guy and a girl go at it in the ring? I don't know. I know that, you know, like if you
0: watch this uh, guerrilla warfare match between the Young Bucks and the world's cutest tag team, Joey Ryan and Candace, There's a moment in that where the Bucks put on tack shoes. Uh, Candace gets color. They kick her in the head. She is just just wearing that crimson mask. It is uncomfortable, but is how uncomfortable you are with it. That really gets heat on the other Team that did that to her, so when she does succeed, you feel even better about it. Right, but it does make you cringe a little. I don't know. That's why.
1: It's I don't know. To me, it's like any other form of entertainment. What if you're gonna have a bad guy, you might as well have him be as bad as they can possibly be because it makes you want the hero to succeed even more.
0: I guess like the way I look at it though is if. Like it, I could never picture it in a WWE setting other than what I said about you know just a very athletic match and the cruiser weights. But I can't picture you know Elias coming out and punching Bailey, and then right. like you know somebody from the back not running out and stopping that.
1: Well, no, I well let me ask this question though. Instead of thinking of it for, through terms of Elias punching Bailey. What if it's Elias coming out and giving his finisher to Bailey because of, of, of her interfering in a match from the previous week? There, I, th- I think there's something visually different about a, like, a, like a wrestling move being done to somebody as opposed to a punch, because I think one of them elicits like a different like emotional response in people because wrestling moves are seen like they're just inherently looked at as, oh, this is part of the show. It's a it's a work. I don't know. There's something
0: about, like, I guess when I'm picturing, like, these athletic matches, I am picturing, like, suplexes and things like that. But when you say, what's Elias' finisher? Does he basically do the crossroads?
1: Uh, It's like a fisherman. It's I think it's called the fadeaway. It's like a fisher. It's a rolling, like, fisherman suplex.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I guess it comes down to, like, there's certain moves that would make me more uncomfortable than others.
1: Well, here let me let me this is a, I think this is a perfect time to actually talk about this, which is right now WWE is doing the mixed match challenge on Facebook after SmackDown every week,
0: which I think is and delightful.
1: I, I agree. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. I'm um, I'm disappointed with Raw seemingly winning every week. That's a different subject. Um but one of my issues with the mixed match challenge as it is with a lot of the modern mixed tag wrestling that WWE's been doing for over a decade, is that when one of the wrestlers tags their partner the other partner on the other team is immediately like in the match which completely ruins the dynamic of a tag team match because the whole idea of like of like the hot tag is kind of eliminated the idea of wearing down an opponent is eliminated because there's you can't do frequent tags like it's has I, there been think, a
0: match yet though like I I do agree with you on this there's something weird about it because I don't think we've seen a match yet where both opponents in one corner got beaten down so much that like one opponent tags the other and the other person is already just a lifeless body that has to drag themselves into the ring to continue to get beaten. Yeah, like it just everybody comes in fresh every time is what it feels yeah. like. Yeah,
1: and that's and and that's part of the psychology of a tag team match is is especially like cutting off the corner. And not letting the guy that you're working on and getting some heat on, not not letting him tag his partner. And here it's it's as soon as you do your the tag to your partner, the other guy's already in or the other girl or what. To me, it's just it's just weird. And the way it should be to me is that should be the build. That should actually be the whole tension of a mixed tag match. Is oh my god, the, the like the girl tagged in the guy, and he's oh, not man, ready. The, yeah or, or yeah, and, and is the girl gonna actually face the guy? Because that's what everybody's waiting for. That's where a lot... I mean, anytime... What was it during the Sasha Banks-Finn Balor match? Like, there was actually some intergender, like, interaction there. And I think there needs to be more of that. So, I guess what I'm I'm discovering is that I'm just completely pro-intergender wrestling. Honestly, something that would
0: be pretty cool... Like, I don't think it would work with every wrestler. Like, you could probably have, like, Alexa Bliss slap somebody in the face and then walk away. But I think it... Like, somebody like Asuka... If she got tagged in and we're standing in there with a man, I could easily see her roundhouse kicking him in the head, him rolling out, and the female having to come in. Right. But I also don't see a world in the WWE where it's going to be okay for anyone to ever retaliate. And I think that's okay like with the WWE. I think it's okay that they don't
1: have that. Well, here's my question then. Then for you is what do you do you inherently feel like WWE has to obey certain rules because it's the WWE, or do I, you think because here's the difference? You can tell just an entire emotional feel difference between NXT and between Raw or SmackDown. Oh, like yeah, NXT I, NXT feels like a smaller indie setting,
0: which is what they're going for. Absolutely. I think if I'm in a, you know, a Legion Hall somewhere and seeing it, it's different than something that is televised worldwide. That's, I mean, we're all watching it, but it is intended for children.
1: But do you feel like you could watch Adam Cole do his finisher to Candice LeRae? I've seen it. (laughs) Well, right. But that's what I'm saying. But could you see that happen in NXT?
0: Mm, No. Well,. More so, and I honestly, I think the only reason I can picture it in NXT is because everyone there now are indie people who have been in these matches. But, I okay, actually, just speaking of that, when they uh, signed Candice, one reason I never thought she would get signed is because of the intergender wrestling. Right. But when she got signed, WWE even promoted her as having wrestled Kevin Owens and Cesaro. Correct. Yeah. And the fact that they acknowledged it at all uh, surprised the hell out of me,
1: and well, they, they, they clearly did it to give her street cred, which means that they're acknowledging that if a girl can hang with a guy and that it's something that can happen, that it, it sets you apart from other women. Oh, I think that automatically I mean, they didn't say
0: that about uh, Ruby Riot. They didn't say that, you know, she used to fight guys. Uh, since they said it specifically about Candace, that would lead me to believe, or at least hope, that they're setting her up to be one tough cupcake, as they call her. Uh, you know, like tougher than the rest <laughs> of the ladies on the roster. A ding-dang a ding-dang cu- ding cupcake. She's tougher than a ding-dang old cupcake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I just I think this is a great I think this is a great thing to debate, which is just to me, WWE is always, even if it's slowly, they're evolving. And I don't know if it'll take Vince leaving for him to be. Well, you got to remember, when, when CM Punk did his podcast uh, appearance with Colt Cabana after he left WWE, he, he, ta- he referenced the fact that Vince was horrified that there were going to be women fighters in UFC soon. Now, fast, for- fast forward to this past Sunday. <laughs> you have Ronda Rousey. Debuting in WWE after having a, a career doing uh, ult, or UFC. So it's like the longer it goes, the more comfortable people there get with the idea of women being more physical and maybe having more interactions with their male wrestler counterparts. But I don't know. I, I could totally see it being something that happens in the next couple of years. And, and you would have to think they're considering it because they're doing the whole mixed match challenge. They could have done anything. With that Facebook slot, they could have done like a dark match. They could have done like all sorts of different fun things, but they chose to do an intergender tag match tournament.
0: Yeah. It, oh, real quick about the uh the the uh, mix match challenge. So I think watching it, you kind of like I, I think we'd all like to assume that Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman are probably walking out of that thing. The winners.
1: Oh, why? Because they're representing Connor's cure.
0: I think because they're representing Connor's cure. (laughs) The the weirdest thing on that show is like having everybody promote their charities, and it's nice that you know they're getting to bring up the charities, but only one gets the hundred thousand dollars. So this, which is weird, because it's predetermined. predetermined. (laughs) So the second it's like, oh, they're fighting for UNICEF, and then when they come out, because I actually said out loud. Oh boy, who's Braun Strowman fighting for? Because I couldn't wait to see a video of him. I'm fighting
1: for Connor's cure.
0: And ah! <laughs> he just screams because he didn't Braun! know what to do afterwards.
1: <laughs> to me, I, I, and if, if there's anything to get worked up about, it's kind of that where they're trying to be like, hey, look at all this cool stuff we're doing for charity. And, and the winner's charity gets this. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys are deciding that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they already know who they're donating the money to, and guess what? It's their own fucking charity. Not that I have a problem with it. Obviously, Connor's Cure does some amazing things for kids with pediatric cancer and whatnot, but, like, yeah. I, I think I, the fun th- part
0: in this, this tournament would be, like, hey, everybody, they're each picking a partner of the opposite sex, and then they're going in that ring, and they're going to shoot fight for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's silly to do this thing for charity if the you know if the charity doesn't actually get it, and then it would be fun to find out who in the WWE sucks at fighting. Yeah, who do you think's the worst well, fighter in the WWE? Like, if you
1: like, who do you think there's just like, oh, I would fight that guy. Well, the front runner a couple months ago probably would have been James Ellsworth, but my guess is uh, Heath Slater. I don't know. I would, like to, I would hope that it's somebody more fun where you're
0: like, oh my god, it turns out Seth Rollins sucks at punching. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rollins is a complete pussy. Or like Cesaro. Like somebody who's just known for really good in-ring work. It's like, or, or if we find out that Seamus just has too kind of a heart. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't I think
1: that was a horrible Seamus impression. But. I don't
0: want to boot my friend. <laughs>
1: No, you, you know what? You know, it'd be a really great twist. This is, this is how I would book it. You do the mix match challenge tournament and then it gets down to, you have your team. That's won, presumably Braun and Alexa. And then the general manager comes out and says, actually, you only one of you gets to take home this money and, and give it to your charity of choice. And it'll be the winner of you two. And then you have the general manager do a fucking double cross on the team. And you have to have an intergender match for the charity money.
0: So basically what's going to happen is they announce that Braun Strowman throws Alexa Bliss like six rows deep into the crowd, <laughs> and declares that he did- she he was the last man standing.
1: <laughs> it would just be it, it would be like the most dramatic because she's so fucking tiny. And then and he, he'll, he does that like sweaty <laughs> turn and he goes, I'm sorry, and says that to her and then just fucking throws her. Oh, my God. This character has potential to be the
0: funniest guy on the roster because at this point, Braun Strowman's gimmick is what's he going to flip next?
1: It's not a bad gimmick, though. Well, did you
0: see in the uh, mix Match Challenge video of him trying to teach Alexa Bliss how to flip over a car? Yeah, where was part two to that, by the way? Because he said, or what, she, I don't know, they were headed somewhere to do something else and then we just didn't get it.
1: Yeah. She said, I, "She said, like I have a better idea," and then walks away. And then that's just how the video ends.
0: <laughs> like, so, what the fuck? What would you like to see Braun Strowman flip next? Since he
1: murdered Kane last night, I saw a good tweet the other night that said, "I want to see Braun flip over the elimination chamber." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like he gets eliminated, and he's just like, "Fuck this!" I guess, like the whole thing off into section one ten. <laughs> I guess like it's at a point where
0: it's like, well, it's like, I don't, the intergender fighting isn't believable, but this motherfucker right here, he is fucking semis.
1: You know, what's funny though. I could totally see them doing that as a spot in the elimination chamber match where like he gets eliminated and locked out and then something happens inside the cage and he comes back and grips it. And then obviously they use whatever mechanism to lift the cage, but they do it so that it looks like he's pulling it up. And getting back inside. Yeah. Like, I could totally see this being a the thing they tried to sell me on. Fuck, they tried to sell me on him flipping a semi-truck.
0: Well, and they did sell me on it.
1: Uh, you know? Oh, yeah, me too. I'm just saying that, like, I don't doubt that they have the balls to tell me he can do this.
0: This, I mean, this is really late to be talking about, you know, when we first got to see Braun Strowman doing things of this nature. But I don't think anything has made me laugh harder recently in the WWE then when he pushed Roman Reigns upside down and backwards off of a loading dock while, stra- <laughs> while strapped to a gurney, lands basically on his head. Like honestly, if you flip that over, he would his head would be squished. Like he there would be blood everywhere.
1: Yeah, he would be deceased. He gets him
0: loaded into that truck, and when he screamed, "I'm not through with you!" Oh my God, I don't know if I first I've of ev- all I yelled so much in my living room that day.
1: I don't feel like they f- really took full advantage of how marketable that quote was. Oh, they're like, why isn't there a shirt? I know. I mean, he has the catch these hands shirt, the monster among men shirt. They could have run with that. I'm not finished with you thing for months like that. That could have been like a full year of just like anytime Roman thinks the feud is over. Like they, they had a match at a pay-per-view it's three weeks later and they just pass each other in the back. If you look at the life
0: of Roman Reigns, like, uh, take getting booed everywhere you go aside. His life sucks. Uh, So (laughs) he's got a monster chasing him around, like, just trying to murder him because they're at work. And then, like, think about him versus... He had that long thing with Bray Wyatt where Bray Wyatt's, like, posting pictures of his daughter everywhere. That sucks, too. Like, he just... That's... Okay. Okay. So that you can see the life of these stu- This I, I don't know why I'm admitting to this, I watch a lot of Total Divas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not a transition that I thought we were headed towards. Well,
0: I just wanted to say, like, you know, sometimes seeing what these guys have to deal with outside of the ring is more fun. Uh, especially during the time, do you remember, it would have been during John Cena and Rusev's feud right uh during it would have been about mania 31 when they finally aired the episodes of total divas that were airing along that time you see shots of them having the feud in the ring and then you see john and Nikki at dinner he's taking a bite of steak and she goes john and he looks up and she goes i think i'm gonna freeze my eggs and he had a look on his face like (laughs) oh god and just for some reason, seeing him like you know during the day or during the evening, he's dealing with the Bulgarian brute who's just like crushing him and choking him unconscious. So all over and over, and then at night, you know, afterwards, he's dealing with that. It's like watching a Beverly Hills 90210 version of the WWE. It's like Archie and the Riverdale gang.
1: And I don't know if it, that would necessarily be funny with anybody else. It's funny with John Cena because you already get the impression he already has to put up with a lot of shit. Like, and he knows he does. Well, and hey, so when he does the, the John Cena home, we're getting
0: on there, it's like he's Lord, uh, the Lord of the Manor on Downton Abbey. Like, he's just this really <laughs> fancy boy who wears very ill-fitting suits. John Cena loves his suits. He looks weird in a suit.
1: I I don't have much to say about John Cena. <laughs> I think my favorite thing there was me saying
0: that, being like, man, I'm so ready to talk to somebody about this because the, Total Divas is only something I talk to Leah about because we watch Total Divas together. Uh, and well, you, you don't have opinions on John Cena's suit. Um, maybe your homework for the weekend is catch up on, you know, 12 seasons of Total Divas.
1: Maybe your homework for the weekend is to start a second podcast where that's what you talk about with somebody. Maybe maybe your wife, where you talk about all your favorite episodes of Total Divas together.
0: See, she will watch it, and then it's over, and we don't have to talk about it. This podcast exists so that I never have
1: to tell her anything about wrestling. <laughs> you, you lay in bed at night stewing about what happened on Total Divas. <laughs> <laughs> See, do you know, how my head hurts often.
0: Because of all the thoughts I have about that show and not getting to share them.
1: Because you have to, because you, you ha, it has to start off with you acknowledging, hey, so I was watching Total Divas and uh, this thing happened. You have to tell, you have to let somebody else know that that's something that's in your rotation.
0: So are you telling me that when it premieres, you are not going to watch Ms. and Mrs.? I
1: sincerely doubt it.
0: You're such an idiot. <laughs> 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 <coughs>
1: Well, I guess let me ask this question because we were talking about it a little while ago. You definitely think that comedy has a place in wrestling, is is sort of what I'm getting out of the the, the Joey Ryan conversation. Is that you don't have a problem with stuff in pro wrestling being a little bit humorous and I'm I, and I guess I'm with you on that, which is that. Well, Since let me, everybody let me knows say like this,
0: uh, as far as like comedy in wrestling goes, like some of the best comedy matches I've ever seen uh, are a lot of these indie guys and they've been at, ma- at things like PWG because um, there'll always be at BOLA. There's always a comedy match. And when it is, is right before the main event on the third day, because at that point, you know, you've spent like 16 total hours in this building over a weekend. You're hot. You've watched a lot of wrestling. It's time for the main event. You've already been in this building for six hours this day. And it's something to break up the last match you saw in the main event.
1: Right. Something breaks up the monotony and it's something different.
0: But seriously, some of the most fun times I've ever had at a show have been during those matches. I mean, the first time I got to see a slow-mo match, where in the middle of it, it was a 10-man tag. In the middle of it, somebody, like, shouts slow-mo the entire ring everybody is fighting in slow motion the whole crowd started chanting this is awesome in slow motion you know the, this is awesome and movie and <laughs> when you watch the amazing. video the announcers go slow motion the whole crowd just bought it and when it, and when it all you know came back like when it went out of slow motion the whole crowd went fucking crazy and it was like the energy came back everybody got rejuvenated during that
1: Well, I can tell you um, my roommate, Chris, went to a freelance wrestling show here in Chicago um, a couple years ago on Halloween. And one of the matches they did at Freelance is they did a a Halloween-themed battle royal where they had all the wrestlers in the company dress up as other famous wrestlers. So there was a guy there dressed like uh, The Rock. There was a guy dressed there as Terry Funk. A guy dressed as Andy Kaufman. Who, when he came out, anytime somebody tried to flip him over the top rope, he grabbed the ropes and would scream, "I'm from Hollywood! You can't do this to me! I'm from Hollywood!" <laughs> and I don't know, to, like I'm with you. Like I, I, again, I don't think there's any specific rules as far as what can and can't be done in wrestling. It just has to work. It has to be fun. And and I mean, what what would you say? There's an there's a correct answer to this question. <laughs> What do you think is the most successful or the most popular pro wrestling gimmick of all time? I mean, you, As far as like, this like a straight gimmick.
0: Uh, fuck. I mean, like, if we're, I feel like you're trying to get me to think of something silly in oh, wrestling. Oh, it's something like,
1: pretty straightforward.
0: I, I, I don't know. I, I'm scared oh, now I, to give you I'll, the wrong I'll, answer.
1: <laughs> Well, I'll answer for you. I think a lot of people, the consensus on that is it's Vince's greatest creation, which was the Undertaker. Oh, you mean the
0: wizard that fights?
1: Yeah, there's there's an undead wizard who can summon lightning in an arena and who has druids and is known for no-selling... And rolling his eyes in the back of the head because he's dead. Those he are is, my he is,
0: those are my favorite kind of matches when somebody who doesn't watch happens to be around, and they're like, "So this is wrestling? Yeah, this is wrestling. Yeah, yeah oh, this what's, is pro wrestling. What's going on right here? Oh, um, this wizard is in a feud with this cult leader. Oh, well, well what, what's happened? Here... Um, well, the wizard so far burned up the cult leader's rocking chair with a lightning bolt."
1: And he's really mad about it, it's, and he's going to summon his female undead spirit to help him beat The Undertaker.
0: He has lightning powers? Yeah. Does he yeah. use them in the ring? No. No. Why? Well, so that'll get you disqualified.
1: Sometimes. That's cheating.
0: Yeah. Undertaker doesn't cheat unless it's, you know, two matches into a three-match series with Brock Lesnar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I I just... Which, oh my
0: God, that would be amazing because obviously the only thing that hurts Brock Lesnar is him getting hit in the dick. Right. And that doesn't hurt Joey. Book it. (laughs) (laughs) Like Undertaker tries to give that low blow to Joey Ryan. Not happening, my man. Dead man's getting dick flipped.
1: That's that's how the Undertaker's career is ended. It's ended by Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan at WrestleMania
0: (laughs) with with the (laughs) U-Pornplex... One, two, three, Deadman. And then the thing is, like, Deadman already took off half his clothes last year to walk up the fucking ramp. This year he goes out there, takes off the rest of his clothes, has to leave naked and ashamed.
1: I'm just waiting for the spot in the match where The Undertaker's down, Joey Ryan's down, The Undertaker suddenly sits up, Joey Ryan's dick suddenly sits up.
0: (laughs) Undertaker does his sit-up, and then you just see Joey get an erection. God damn it! Oh fuck! Yeah, WWE I... WWE really needs to get on putting Joey Ryan in there and uh, you know, giving him the creative freedom he deserves.
1: No, oh, it's never gonna, it's never gonna fucking happen. So
0: uh, you brought up Cornette earlier. Um, one thing in comedy Jim Cornette fucking hates comedy wrestling.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of the point I was getting at earlier. Yeah, if it's so,
0: did you have you ever seen him talk about Chuck Taylor? I haven't. Chuck Taylor is another one of my favorite wrestlers. He's, he's a good wrestler, but he's also a comedy wrestler. So he's currently the PWG heavyweight champion while, you know, still being a comedy wrestler. It works. It works for him. But there was a, to one of those 10-man matches. I don't remember if it was a bowl a weekend, but he pulls out a, an imaginary hand grenade and is threatening everyone in the ring with this grenade and he eventually drops it on the ground and everyone gets blown out of the ring. <laughs> you need to hear Jim Cornette talk about that because hearing a grown man be seriously angry about that spot and the whole time he's like, this fucking piece of shit, Chuck Taylor, exposing the business, dropping a goddamn
1: hand grenade. Well, I mean, I, I to me, like... See, I don't know. I can kind of see it from his perspective where like he feels like there's a line. And and or fuck, maybe it, maybe he just maybe he has a hard line where he just doesn't like funny things in wrestling at all. What do you think to we'll me, see I... first?
0: Do you think we'll see Jim Cornette take a dick flip or CM Punk return to a wrestling ring?
1: You'll see CM Punk return to a wrestling ring before you see the <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I... See, to me, I think there's a lot of stuff that they, like you said earlier about, like, the intergender wrestling, there's a lot of stuff that you can get away with on the indies that just doesn't feel like it'll ever translate to WWE. I mean, maybe that evolution will take place, and obviously WWE doesn't have a problem doing, you know, comedy. Yeah, but, like, I mean,
0: they have Breeze Dango and The Ascension being pretty funny right now, and New Day right. is consistently funny and good wrestlers.
1: Right. But do they do anything that that... Pushes the bounds of your imagination a little too far. Um, like, what's the most outrageous thing you see on a weekly basis from WWE?
0: I guess, I like mean, Joey I mean, Ryan said, the Irish Whip.
1: Yeah, but that is pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh my god, I remember oh, Cornette would have fucking hated this. I it was at a saw. So I think it was in Dallas Mania Weekend. I saw Colt Cabana and somebody else wrestle two guys. I, had, I don't remember their names. I've never seen them again since, but they were Boy Scouts. If you know these wrestlers' names, please send us uh, their names. At Wrestle... What is it? Wrestle Hangout? Yeah, Twitter. at
1: Wrestle Hangout or at Gartet or at Halloween Halpin. I need Reach to see to these guys again.
0: Media. It was like a yeah. very heavy dude... Like It was like a smaller guy and a fatter guy, and they were a tag team, and they were both just dressed as Boy Scouts. And I remember that being one of the funniest matches I've ever seen.
1: I guess uh, the, the the thing is, because I knew we had talked about discussing this at some point, possibly during this podcast, but which is the word mark. What to you does the word mark mean?
0: <laughs> I I don't know if anyone has noticed, but there was a... I think in the last episode, you used the word
1: Mark to describe I us, use the word Mark a lot. And I didn't it's kinda use like, it. It's kind of like the word cuck. <laughs> like, you introduced me to the word cuck. And I use cuck in situations that's completely inappropriate sometimes because it's funny to me that it's in a, being inappropriately used. Well, you, I think
0: you have to explain what that means so that people follow along.
1: What, Mark or cuck? Cuck. <laughs> Isn't this, 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 this an insult used by the alt-right to people that they don't like well, i mean, meaning more like when you use it i don't but that's the thing is that when i use it i use it just kind of as a, like a vague term for you're a fucking asshole and i think like that's it's, pretty it's, funny
0: i just wanted people to know that that's how you're using the word oh yeah
1: to me I, i'll just use it for anything i'll if somebody cuts me off in traffic i'll call him a cuck like it doesn't have it doesn't it doesn't have to be anything sexual or and fuck I, I don't understand how that became a thing in the last few years but it's a thing so <laughs> to transition out of talking about cucks, let's talk about marks, because okay. I know that you're you're uncomfortable with the term mark. And so am I. But I, I think we're uncomfortable for different reasons, because I don't like how mark is used by guys in the pro wrestling industry as a condescending word towards fans. But didn't it, and, didn't and,
0: the term mark actually start in the Carney days of it? Oh fuck, man! I, I didn't look at the Urban Dictionary page. No, I'm, for Mark. I, I mean, I haven't either. But like, <laughs> I know my goddamn pro wrestling history because <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. Because guess what? I'm a Mark. Uh, I hate man. I fucking hated saying that. But no, I think Mark Why? is a term that they used to use in the Carny days to like, you know, that's what they would call the people that they're like, oh, we got him. Like he's he's buying into it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's like how uh, it's like I want to have my own word. I'm going to be called something on my own terms. How like uh, Star Trek fans are like, we're not called Trekkies anymore because that's offensive to us. We're Trekkers now.
1: Well, I remember when I first started getting hardcore into like the, bas- the, the backstage aspect of, of, of wrestling. And I started hearing words like Mark. And I'm sure you've heard the spinoff of it for uh, Smark. I, I like York that
0: Street. even less.
1: Well, yeah. To me, I've just completely eliminated that because I I kind of operate under the impression that everyone's a smark, right? Other other than like, because unless you're talking about like like a five year old kid who everything that they watch at a wrestling show, they they their parents let them believe that it's a real fight. I guess everyone like else, I look at people everyone else re- is kind of a mark, right?
0: I think to me, the word smark means like somebody who. Reads the dirt sheets, who listens to all the podcasts, who just knows everything behind the scenes.
1: Isn't that what we are, technically? I, I shut up,
0: man. That's <laughs> Quit calling me fucking names. I don't like it. Well, no, because <laughs>
1: because here's what I do. I cut the legs out from that uh, from that argument. If you're somebody who spends money on wrestling, it's because you enjoy it. It's to just me, like Mark
0: fans is... of other shit don't have uh, names to call. Like you know, just fans of. Uh, Fans of the people who are watching, like, Burn Notice on USA, they don't have a, a name to make fun of them for liking it. Well, what about Trekkers? Well, they had, you know, <laughs> we, uh, we both like something that is not accepted
1: by everyone. Well, so I, uh, what I'm picking up on is there's just something dirty about the word you don't like. And I agree with you. I think the thing that bugs me about the word mark is how it's used by some of the guys to kind of condescend to the people who give them their money. Like, th- like their bread and butter are the marks. Well, do you... And I and I know... Do you remember... I've seen shoot interviews with Kevin Nash where he, like, says, Oh, you're a fucking mark, man. You're a fucking mark. And I love Kevin Nash. I mean, fucking he was part of the Outsiders, one of the reasons I got into wrestling. But it just... It comes across as kind of pretentious... To sit there and have a condescending word towards the people that you're banking on, like the people who like are really into it, who go and spend their money and are basically paying for your house or your family so that you're making a living in the wrestling industry. You're not you're not banking on the guys that are just on the sidelines of the product who know that it's not, you know, like a legit fight. Like you're, you're not getting their money. You're getting the money of the people who sit in the second row and and cheer and pay money for the travel packages, and and if you want to call them marks, sure. But to me, I don't understand why it's got to be like a negative term. Well,
0: it's like you know, Kevin Nash is calling you a mark, but you're like, I bought your fucking action figure, asshole. Right. Like, and I bought it because I like you. You right. seem like that's a... exactly my point. Yeah. No. I. Okay. Do you? Do you remember uh, when we went to that Ring of Honor show, we were standing out front waiting for the doors to open and yeah. a wheelchair van pulled up and a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs>
1: got, I forgot about this story. just now.
0: The guy in the wheelchair like got out of the, the van like they unloaded him and he looked over and saw me and I had on uh, a shirt with the, the New Japan logo. And he came over and started talking to me about podcasts and wrestling. And I think he was making fun of, like, he, I was getting made fun of a lot that day because I had on a Nikki Bella hat. Fuck you, I'll <laughs> never apologize for wearing that Nikki Bella you hat anywhere.
1: You shouldn't, you fucking but, Mark. But he,
0: he, he's talking to us about, like, New Japan and, like, you know, everything. Like, he obviously understood all of it, too. And then somebody called him and he turns and goes, just a minute, I'm talking to these fucking Marks. And then like when he turned back around in my head, I was like, I don't know where the conversation goes from here because this man just called me a name.
1: Is that what bothers you about the words that you somebody called it to you in like a way, basically calling you an idiot. I don't know. I think that when people
0: think of wrestling fans, they think of people who are either overweight or underweight and socially awkward.
1: Sure. And a lot of us are. A lot of us, a lot of us. Are- lot, that's what I was gonna say. Is that like I think there's a little bit of truth to that. No, there's 100% that, a hundred percent truth
0: to that. I've been to a wrestling show. Like I'm, you know, I I grew up a, an awkward fat boy. Uh, we, I get it. But uh, I, I don't know. There's just is there something wrong with me? Do am I embarrassed to be associated with the thing I love? Am I embarrassed by wrestling? Because I don't feel like I am. I don't want to be called the
1: name though. But does it? I don't know. I mean, I, I I guess when we talked about this, you said, I'm I'm kind of taking the word back. And I, I had never thought of it that way. I just, to me, it's like a word that's kind of always been used as, as like an insult. And then I stop and I think about it and I go, but I, I can tell you that when Shinsuke Nakamura threw Roman Reigns over the top rope at the Royal Rumble and eliminated him, I marked out. Because on one hand, I was excited as a fan. That Shinsuke had won the Rumble, and then there was the other part of me who appreciates the creative aspect of pro wrestling. That was thinking, "Thank fucking God that we don't have to creatively deal with all the chaos that's going to come from Reigns being in that position of being the guy that won the Rumble again and get booed out of the building to close the show." And I don't know. To me, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed about acknowledging that you're a fan because if you're watching, you're a fan. And to me, I guess you're you're saying
0: that we as a people. Us as wrestling fans, (laughs) us, the Marks, need to march to goddamn Kevin Nash's house with a sign that's like, fuck you, Mr. Nash.
1: We are Marks. I think if you said, I think if you called him Mr. Nash, he'd be nicer, but I'd be terrified because he posts a lot of pictures on social media of his guns. He also posts a lot of pictures of him drinking red wine. That's true. You
0: know, I wish I had a mean name to call him for that.
1: (laughs) Kevin Nash tore a quad to this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just picturing all the wrestling fans picketing the wrestlers and just like, no, no, we're going to watch you on our terms and you're not going to make fun of us.
1: I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Like, I kind of get where you're coming from with the whole Mark thing. Like, you just, like, it's a word you'd rather avoid. But I guess I look at it and I'm just being honest. I mean, I'm, I'm. I can sit here and have a a conversation with you and with a few other people where we talk about, Oh, here's what I think, you know, the the writing team should do for this angle. And here's where I think the storyline should go because we know it's not real. We're technically smarts by, by definition because we're fans and we're, we're smartened up to what's going on behind the scenes a little bit, but (laughs) But, I don't know.
0: and, And I feel like what you're getting ready to say is, and guess what? You are a fucking Mark
1: snowflake. You are a fucking Mark, you cuck bitch. <laughs> I don't know. To me, I guess it doesn't bug me. Like I I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just numb to words. Well, I guess like by I the guess...
0: end of this conversation, I'm embarrassed where I'm just like, you know what? I like what I like, and I don't want to be called names for it.
1: <laughs> it's fine if I watch Total Divas and I want to see Braun Strowman flip over things from Joey Ryan's dick We're gonna match against going to take fuck you. It's like, Oh my God. It's for real. Like there,
0: everything, like I bet there have been moments on total divas where I marked out just as much as I did when Shinsuke Nakamura <laughs> won.
1: Me. Where I'm like, yes, yes. So How know, much did you mark proposed? out? How much did you mark out when the rock deflected a missile with his bare hands?
0: Oh, you mean in fast and furious number eight? Yeah, you marked out. You better believe if a camera had cut to me, I was <laughs> punching that air, boy.
1: Like, I was just giving the air fists. I, uh oh,
0: Yeah. I buy anything that happens in those movies.
1: What'd you think of NXT TakeOver? Oh, my God. On, f-
0: start to finish. Amazing show. I mean, especially when I say finish. Like, that, uh oh, that. That Almas versus uh, Gargano match, at a certain point in that fucking match, I looked at my phone and realized, I have been watching this for 45 minutes, and I have no idea who's going to win.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind spending some time just talking about that match and how much that blows my fucking mind. Because I've been watching wrestling for a long fucking time, and that ranks right up there with the best matches I've ever seen. Because there's a lot of times where you'll have a match that has multiple false finishes and, and close calls and, and you know, and a lot of times later in the match, it gets to be a little bit unbelievable. I don't know if I've ever seen a match that made me buy into the idea that those guys were still kicking out at two and three quarters the way that they were, but Holy shit. Like what a fucking match. And man, they made it seem like Gargano was just like unconscious about halfway through that match and just taking more and more abuse. Oh, I mean
0: both i he took a lot of abuse, but I mean <laughs> almost did too. I mean that was just god damn like it's hard for me to even like now that i'm I'm a few days removed from having seen it, uh, but I just know that going through just every time there was a pen, it was just back and forth so much that whole match, I never knew what was gonna happen, and it's matches like that that like I was in it, I was so sucked in, I d- had no clue who was gonna win, and that's the best kind of match.
1: I think uh, to to touch on what I was saying a minute ago, was there, was there, um, this is, this is the key to me to be like a really, really, really good wrestling match is that when the false finish happens, it's not too much. You know what I mean? Like, you don't think like, ah, I don't buy them kicking out of that. Like, I feel like that match
0: was just like, they had both taken so much abuse. That they just kept kicking out, like I'm not gonna let this be the one.
1: Yeah, but but it did, but it wasn't like unrealistic. Like it wasn't like they were doing too much. Oh, that I mean it there was were points to... in that match where it felt like I was watching a fucking fight. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like the last few minutes with the sequences there. Like, oh my god. Like, I, no, seriously. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And I know that it's already being like you said. It's only January, and they're already talking about it as a match of the year candidate. But Man, no, seriously, I've watched some, some really good wrestling matches, but that one was aggressive, and, I mean, they started off with a lot of, like, really good grappling and a lot of sequences on the mat and pushing each other off and they, getting their way. Basically,
0: wins. what you're saying is they got the time to build a wrestling match the way a wrestling, like, a main event wrestling match should
1: be. Right. They told, and I, and they told only... a
0: full story. And that and they got the amount of time as like, you know, a one hour drama would on a TV show to just fight.
1: Right. And I think the, here's the thing I love about that match. And, and, and I can't say this for a lot of the matches, like on the main WWE roster, if I had to go grab just a match. A wrestling match that had like no like weird gimmicks where it's like, you know, Kane or, or, you know, there's an outrageous stipulation. If I had to go grab just a wrestling match to show to somebody who's not a fan and be like, here's what pro wrestling can be when it's done right, I think it would be that match. And I know we're just a few days removed from that, but that's totally what I felt as that match kind of ended. I was like, holy shit. What a fucking ride. And then you ask yourself the question of, and not to take a shot at the, at the main roster there, but if Gargano and Almas can pull that off down on NXT, what's the fucking excuse once you get to Raw and SmackDown and you're doing pay-per-views you know, a couple times a month? Well,
0: I think the excuse is like, because when you look at somebody like Gargano, I mean, the first time I saw him, I mean, he, he was the first indie wrestler I ever saw walk through a curtain at, a sh- at an indie show. I mean, af- by the end of that match, I was like, this dude could be Daniel Bryan. He could be yeah. our replacement for Daniel Bryan. He's really likable. And I mean, I think the problem is, like, he's just, he's small. And I, I don't have an issue with that. I would love to see small guys, you know, competing against Roman Reigns. But that's, you, you know, it's just, it doesn't seem like we're in for that.
1: Well, and that's what's fucked up. Like, like there's so many things they could do, potentially, with 205 Live. I don't like having the cruiserweights quarantined to one section of the show. Well, it's like, like, you know, we're going to have, there's going to be a point
0: when we have, I mean, basically everybody that's in NXT right now. Like when you get Gargano up, when you get Adam Cole up, uh, Roderick Strong, I don't know if he would fit 205 Live. He's not a huge guy, but, you know, these guys could take over. (laughs) <laughs> the two take over two o five live and make it an amazing show. If you just let them do what they do,
1: I think that one of the but other than just the wrestling and who's on the roster for two o five live, the time slot for two o five live sucks. The 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 circumstances around when it's booked sucks. Like I can tell you because I you know you know I went to SmackDown um a couple days after Christmas or the day after Christmas yeah. a few weeks ago. One of the issues that you have is that. If they do SmackDown right, and the main event or the last, you know, ten fifteen minutes of the show peaks, and it's a great fucking segment, you run into the same issue with that that you would at a pay per view after a really good match, which is that the match that follows it, or this, or the segment that follows the great match, the crowd is still coming down off the high; they're not really into it. So, and Smackdown, a lot of people are
0: starting to go home at that point. Because yeah, when I'm, you go to a WWE taping, you are there a long
1: time. Sure. Yeah, I just I, I, I think 205 Live suffers. If, if SmackDown was from 8 to 10 and 205 Live was from 7 to 8 before SmackDown, I think it would be way better. I think the cruiserweights would be a great way to kick off that day's tapings.
0: Oh, that would be better than Dark Matches and then, you know, pre tape it and then air it afterwards.
1: Sure, or do something. But like I just I think that that nine to ten slot for cruiserweights, I mean, the the only thing keeping you a lot of people around at that point is the dark match after 205 Live.
0: I was gonna say, like, what dark match did they tell you to stick around for?
1: It was uh Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Shinsuke Nakamura against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Jinder Mahal. And they did a lot of fun stuff where they fought up by the stage. And Orton threw Sami Zayn into some Christmas trees and Christmas packages. And Zayn, as Orton was walking away, chucked a Christmas package out of the fucking oblivion over there. (laughs) And it was, and and then, uh, you know, I mean, it was fun. It's fun. And and it wasn't a long match. I think it was maybe seven minutes tops. But, you know, I I think the 205 Live stuff, and and, God, they have a new GM, Rockstar (laughs) Spud? Right.
0: What happened?
1: Like I was Drake, in a spot where I'm name? like, Drake oh, I'm,
0: I thought like Ray Mysterio's back. Get him in there.
1: But uh, yeah. yeah, I thought Ray. I thought uh, Hurricane was a potential GM. Um, yeah, you saw that pop he got. And
0: then we get Rockstar Spud out there, and the whole cr- half the crowd was booing him, and the other half was kind of silent. But when he made an announcement, it did cut to these two guys chanting yes. And even though the camera was close to them, you could still just kind of vaguely hear it in a silent room.
1: Do you think 205 Live is going to benefit from not having Enzo on it now? I mean, other than just like the, the moral, ethical character issues. I, mean, I, like, I don't know if it'll creatively.
0: I mean, the matches might be better, but he was getting people to watch it. I think we, right, got, but- we got to get somebody big in there again. Like, I feel like that's where Ricochet is going to end up. And if they they do get Ricochet there and let him do what he does, Ricochet could be a star in 205 Live and get people to watch.
1: If they can bring Neville back and tell him (laughs) that they're sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many times do wrestlers just like, because like you saw the Alberto Del Rio's like, I would come back. Like, I feel like WWE is a company that makes you apologize to them.
1: The way I've heard it, funny enough from another Kevin Nash shoot interview I watched, was that the philosophy there is, if you wrong if you wrong WWE on the way out, they get pissy with you. But they will bring you back. Just don't wrong them know, on the way out. Yeah, just to fuck with you when you come back. Like, I could see... And here's the thing. I have no... I mean, This is a weird tangent to go on so late in the episode. I'm not a big Alberto Del Rio fan, and I don't buy that he's sincerely sorry. I just think he wants the work. So, and Derek's of the opinion, I don't even want to waste the time bringing him back in to fuck him. So... Hey, I get get
0: where he's coming from. There was a day the other day where I, uh, just so everybody knows, I hate my job. Really hate my job a lot. (laughs) And I've been not doing much because they're they're awful, and uh, it sucks. But... There was a day that, like, when I got home, I was like, "Wow, it really feels like I tried to get fired today." I should be better tomorrow. And I, I do I, that a lot. Like, I, I need to, I need to go in and say I'm sorry.
1: Okay, so weird, weird non wrestling tangent, but like a couple weeks ago, I got called into a, a meeting where I assumed what the topic of the meeting was going to be: how I needed to change my hours and make my weekends available. And as I was waiting outside to meet my manager, I'm, you know, getting in my CM Punk mode. I'm getting ready to cut a pipe bomb and tell everyone <laughs> to fuck off and that they're not going to do anything about it. They call me in and they do a complete 180 on me. And they tell me, you've been doing good. You've been here a while. Uh, we're going to keep everything the same. Uh, you actually have an attendance h- issue here that it shouldn't be an issue. We're going to take that off for you. And, uh, yeah, uh, talk to me if you need anything. Bye. I just wanted to and let you I know walk-
0: tonight when you get off work, uh, you are walking out of here with the title.
1: Yeah, it was a complete mindfuck. I I was stunned. I had to call my girlfriend and be like, "Uh, like I don't know what to say. Like I just feel like I got worked."
0: <laughs> do you think Randy Orton ever says that? Like I don't know. I thought they were gonna fire me, and they just won't do it. <laughs> I've been trying. I'm like guarantee- they believe that I broke my shoulder taking the trash out. They didn't even question I
1: have, it. I have to believe. The, there's a couple times during matches where Lesnar thinks I could do anything I want right now. And they won't do shit
0: like punch Braun Strowman in the
1: face. <laughs> well, yeah, but apparently the report is that, that those two are fine. The, 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 Strowman was a little stiff with him and Lesnar gave him a head like a quick, like, Hey, I'm going a little too hard, buddy.
0: Well, what you're saying right now actually makes sense. But for Randy and Brock, <laughs> where it's like, Randy's like, Hey man, I don't want to come to work for the next couple days. Just make sure I can't make it.
1: <laughs> what if that's what happened during that Lesnar, Orton SummerSlam match? Well, that's what I'm saying.
0: Like, he just like <laughs> is just like, oh man, this I I really regret asking him to do this.
1: <laughs> Shit, I stupid. don't know. He just lost his temper out there, and I don't know why he hit me so hard, and I was bleeding, and I know you guys don't like blood, so we stopped the match. He <laughs> he comes up. He's like, I walked to the back, and Chris
0: Jericho's yelling at me. <laughs> pissing me I, off I
1: wish I could have been a I wish I could have been a fly on the wall because it's not like Jericho's a little guy, but the idea of Jericho like legit shoot screaming at Lesnar up at Lesnar I don't know what he's I yelling wish... at me
0: for. I mean, I bought the last Fozzie record.
1: fuck man I don't know i I just. Yeah, I, I can imagine those two walk in every day. And I'm sure there's a little bit of that attitude with Cena, right? Maybe, like maybe he doesn't express it as much, but you know, in his head, he quietly thinks to himself, I could just probably cinch up on a small package here and just fucking win and they won't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's not necessarily kind of what he did to Finn Balor on fucking Raw. Well, <laughs> he was, he just was, like, he was
0: weird on Raw this week. Like... I couldn't tell if he was like, like if he was actually mad at the crowd or if he was just kind of playing around. And then he too sweeted all of us, and it's weird.
1: Yeah, but hey, man. Yeah, we've been we've I been going like they're quite playing a while. Our music, I we need right to now, cut we gotta this get the down. fuck out of here. What are we doing out here? We're still out here. This is the longest match ever.
0: Yeah, this is this is a long match. I uh, think it's time to cut this down. Uh, hey, everybody that's been listening, we just in that one day we got a lot of people listening. It seems like you guys have been spreading it around. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you have friends that like wrestling, send it their way. Don't keep this a secret. We want people to hear this. We want you to come hang out with us. Uh, follow us on the social medias at Wrestle on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. I am at Gartet on on uh, Instagram and Twitter
1: as well, and I am at Halloween Halpin on Twitter seriously we encourage you guys to share this podcast with your friends get our name out there help us out subscribe to the podcast give us a rating help and get us over really, man are you gonna mark out over? for us help, mark out mark out for us man get us over don't be a cuck Hit us up on social media, please. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you. It would really encourage the hell out of us if we heard from you. So Yeah, I would yeah, love to see listening. some pe-
0: you know, I want to see people start getting on this Facebook page, too. Let's, uh, let's get on there and share some stuff on there. Let's, you know what? Get on there. Show me what wrestling you watched this week.
1: Share, uh, share your favorite matches. All that kind of stuff with I us. I am so. willing
0: to watch anything and talk about anything involving youtube
1: is an amazing piece of technology man
0: you want to get on there and shoot the shit about total divas with me let's fucking do it but either way i think i I just heard the bell that was the bell right
1: yeah that was the bell dude we gotta get the fuck out of here get
0: the fuck out of here all right uh that is time for you to hit my ding dang music have a good week everybody
1: bye everyone